All right, if you would, please take your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Thank you again for the opportunity to be with you. It has really been a blessing to get to know you and to spend time with you. And um, that's not always the case. That's just true. It's not always the case. When you're going to a church for the first time, you just have no idea what to expect. And we had no idea what to expect when we came here. Uh, but you folks have treated us like we're family. And uh, we thank you for doing that. Your, your pastor is uh, one of my favorite preachers. And uh, very rarely can you say, and, and I'm, I say this as a preacher, very rarely can you say, I will never forget that message. But uh, one of those messages for me is one that your pastor preached while he was at our conference in Knoxville. And uh, he was, we were going through the life of David. And he preached about, uh, I think the subject matter was David and Bathsheba. But he was talking about all the, he said, we, we often say that we fall into sin. He said, but the life of David, God put obstacle after obstacle after obstacle in his way. And David stepped over and went around every obstacle to sin. And uh, I remember his legs, the pastor's legs as he was demonstrating <laughs> You can almost imagine it, can't you? Okay? And I will never forget those, those crazy bony legs, you know, stepping over things. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I will never forget this moment as long as I live. And, uh, and my oldest daughter has said the same thing. She said, I will never forget Pastor Carlson's message on stepping over and going around all those obstacles to get to sin. And uh, so thank you for letting him travel. Um, I, it's a blessing to me. And oftentimes the churches never get a thank you for that. Um, the churches where you, the preacher goes, never, they never reach back out and say thank you to the church. So thank you, church, for letting him get away sometimes and come and help other people. So we appreciate that. Second Timothy chapter 3 if you're not a preacher, you're not going to care about what I'm getting ready to say. If you are a preacher, you're going to understand this. This is not my text verse, okay? I'm, I'm keeping that in my, in my back pocket for right now. What I'm, I'm going to lay some groundwork that is not where we're headed, okay? But I think it's important that we do this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, and uh, look at verse number, uh, we can start in verse number 12. The Bible says, Yea, and all that live that will live godly in Christ Jesus, shall suffer persecution. But, okay, so, so if you want to live godly, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have to deal with things. Uh, most people don't want to sign up for it, just to be honest. Uh, they want to get saved, get a ticket to heaven, and then just sit on the sidelines. And the, the crazy thing is, you can do that. You can absolutely do that. If that's your desire is to, you know, to, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he died on the cross for your sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And you can simply put your faith in what Jesus has done for you and get saved and be guaranteed that you're going to heaven when you die. And then decide, I want to sit on the sidelines the rest of the way. You can do that. I don't, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm saying you can do that. Now, when you get to heaven, don't expect any additional rewards, okay? We've said this all week. There's, there are no participation trophies in, in heaven. 
The Lord's not going to say, well, at least you showed up. It's not going to happen, okay? So if all you care about is, I don't want to go to hell, then you can get saved. I'm talking about in sincerity of your heart, you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved and just sit. I don't like that. I don't recommend that. I might even call you a loser if you do that. But it is a possibility, okay? If you choose to walk with God and live for God and you choose to live holy, it's not going to make the world happy with you. Most of the world, when you all hold those signs or knock those doors, or, uh, it's amazing that I, supposedly I live in the freest country in the world. I cannot put gospel tracts in a mailbox. Not allowed to do that. Okay? You're starting to feel freer than I am, right? Okay? I can't do that. Not allowed. Now, if I wanted to go to the post office and put, you know, an address on that and put a stamp, the postman could do that. I can't do that. Isn't that crazy? Okay? So you can choose... To live for the Lord and the world's not going to drive by your scripture sign and say, oh, thank you so much for telling us this. Most of the world doesn't like it. We've had people pull over and chew us out about our children. We, we hold up scripture signs. We've got a, a, a community park right behind us. And we've had a, and it's always saved people that do this to us. A saved woman pulls up and she says, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Your children should be over there playing in that park and not right here having to do this. And my, my son that uh, was, uh, my oldest son was with me at the time. And he, he's not always good about keeping things to himself. And, uh, and he, you know, he would start in, well, this is where I want to be. And we had one guy that walked around the park and he's yelling at us. I mean, he's yelling out things, so it's my son's turn to preach. He, he's probably eight years old, right? He doesn't have enough sense to be afraid of this guy. And he said, Dad, that guy right there is probably an atheist. I said, he might be, son. You know, and he's screaming out things. So, so my son's looking over at the park and he sees him coming down and he says, it's my turn, Dad. I said, okay. And, and man, he said, uh, uh, you know, a fool uh, hath said in his own heart, there is no God. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? And I guarantee you that guy walking down through there was not, oh, that's such a blessing. That that little boy is down there basically rebuking me for my lack of faith in God. So the world's going to come against you. Okay? Uh, but then verse number 13 says this. And this is where I want to I focus on this before we focus on the real message this morning. But evil men, verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax... Worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So here, here's what the Bible says in verse number 13. The world is going to get worse and worse as time goes on. Okay? They are not going to get less wicked. They are going to get more wicked. They are not going to rebel against God a little bit less every year. Until finally they get close to God, they are going to get further and further away from God. Until they totally take God out of their knowledge. They don't think about Him. They don't believe in Him. He doesn't exist. He's just a made up thing. This is what they tell us. We just made up, somewhere along the way, somebody made up God 
so that we could get our children to behave. Well, we're doing a pretty bad job if that's what we made this up about. You understand? It's a crutch for weak people, says people who have never tried to follow the Lord. So the world is going to get crazier and crazier. They're going to look crazier and crazier. They're going to do crazier and crazier things as time goes on. They are going to wax worse and worse. Now, if you think about it, in your lifetime, I'm certain you could testify this, especially the older folks. I'm not identifying who fits into that category. That's, you know, I guess in these days, it depends on how you identify, okay? So if... <laughs> I'm trying my best to identify as a senior citizen. I want to start collecting all the stuff, you know, and get discounts and all that kind of stuff in the U.S. They don't go for that. But that's my goal in life is to identify as a senior citizen. But if you've lived any length of time on this world, you know that the Bible is right. And you know that things that lost people wouldn't used to do now, saved people will do. This one girl I went to school with, I think this is strange, but I at least appreciated it. Anytime she would listen to, you know, rock music or whatever, and she'd be driving by at church, and we'd get close to the church, and she'd turn the radio off. And we'd get past the church, she'd turn it back up. And I, In my brain, I'm not saved at the time, in my brain I'm thinking... Does she think that building can hear her? You know what's going on with this? But you know what she told me? She said, I, I don't want to play something when I'm driving by that church that would be disrespectful to that church. This lost girl. Now they drive by our church. And, and, and the place next door, boom, you know, they turn up the music. And we, went, we had to go over there one time. We've got a skating rink right next to our church. We had to go over there. And we said, uh, look, we're trying to have a church service. And they said, normally, they said, you don't know this, but normally we're closed during your church services. And we said, well, then what's going on tonight? They said, it's a church group. And they brought their own DJ. And we said, we're trying to have a church, like a church service. I don't know if they know what that is, but we're trying to have a church service over here. And we, we, can't, we can't hear ourselves because of, and they said, we're sorry. There's nothing we can do about it. Guys, I'm telling you, the world is getting worse and worse and worse and worse the longer we live. And you see that, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you to say, oh yeah, you're, you know, that's exactly right, Right. Look with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and look at verse number 16. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 16. The Bible says here, but shun, in other words, avoid, stay away from, reject it, but shun profane and vain babblings. Well, why, why does that matter? For they will increase unto more ungodliness. So, so there are things in this world that as time passes, if, if, if the world subjects itself to these things, wickedness is not going to, it's no longer going to grow like this, okay? It's all of a sudden just going to explode and it's going to be everywhere and you can't escape it. My, uh, my oldest daughter told me, she, uh, she, said, uh, she said, Dad, she said, I know the world has always been wicked. She said, but it just seems to me like in the last, you know, 12, 
14 years, something like that. She said, it seems like it has exploded in wickedness. It's almost like the avalanche where, it, you know, the, the snow's coming down. It's picking up a little. It's picking up a little. And before you know it, this thing is so massive. If it hits you, you're dead. That's the way the world is. Okay, so what do we do about that? Because that's a problem. If the world is getting more and more wicked and we stay on the same level, we are not keeping up. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, if the cults, let's just throw them out there for example, if the cults are knocking on more and more doors and we keep knocking on the same amount of doors, we're not even combating the increase of the ungodliness. So here's what I'm going to tell you. The reason why we are seeing things explode is not necessarily because they are doing more. It's because we are either doing the same or less. We're not fighting the fight to the same extent they're fighting it. So what they're doing in our schools and what they're doing in our countries and what they're doing in our homes and what they're pushing on us constantly, they are doing more and more and we are simply coasting or quitting. And there's no time for that. Do you understand that? I, I, I think about this, okay? Uh, go, go with me, if you will. Uh, go, go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. The world is getting worse and worse, okay? They're increasing the pace of their wickedness. And, and listen, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, let me just say this to you. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching predominantly to saved people, okay? And, and saved people have a fight to get into. But if you're here and you're lost... I am not admonishing you to start doing right things. I'm not admonishing you to start doing better. I'm not admonishing you to turn over a new leaf or start a new life. I'm not admonishing you to fix your world. I'm telling you, you have to get saved. You have to get born again. You, you can try to get in the fight, but you don't belong in this fight until you get born again. Okay, and, and just trying to do better, that's not the answer. I, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to stop doing what I'm doing and I'm going to start doing better things. That, that you're still going to hell. Okay, if that's your solution. Okay, I, let's say I, I, I drink alcohol. I'm going to stop drinking alcohol and I'm, I'm going to start doing better things with my life. Okay, thank you. But that won't get you to heaven. The only thing that will get you to heaven is putting your faith in what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross. You are still piling up a sin debt. The Bible says our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. The best you can do is not good enough. I used to think, okay, God's going to take my good works and my bad works and he's going to put them in a scale and, and it'll balance out. And as long as I've got one more good work than bad work, it'll balance out and I get to go to heaven. That's not so. Even the things you consider to be good works go in the bad works pile and you're, you're in debt. And you can't get out of debt. And there's no such thing as bankruptcy. Okay? You have to get saved. And when you get saved, God takes away all those sins and he puts in the place of it his righteousness. And you're 
born again into the family of God. That's what you need to concern yourself with. I'm preaching today to predominantly saved people saying the world's getting worse and worse and worse. What are you going to do about it? Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 23, the Bible says this. Well, let, let's move up just a little bit. Look at verse number uh, Look at verse number 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. In other words, we're saved. We can go into the holiest place because of what Jesus has done for us. I have access to God. That's incredible. And here's the beautiful thing about biblical Christianity. You don't have to come to a man to get access to God. You can bypass men and go straight to God because the man, Christ Jesus, gave you that access. That's beautiful. And the Bible says, verse number 20, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having an high priest over the house of God, here you go, let us draw near with a, what kind of heart? A true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And verse number 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Let's just start there. Okay, let's start there. In the least, you have to hold fast. You, you know, if you've ever done any construction work or, or anything of the sort, maybe even just little things around here where you, you put up, you know, the signs for the camp meeting, you say, okay, we need to fasten that picture to the wall. Do you understand that? We need to make sure it is put on the wall and that it stays there. What a horrible thing. My daughter was up here drawing, you know, a little bit for one of the questions and answers. And I, I said, honey, be very careful that you don't pull down the graphic, okay? That would be so embarrassing to be a visiting preacher and your daughter's up here trying to help you out and all of a sudden, the living waters have crashed, okay? That'd be such a horrible thing. And so I'm certain that when you all went around, I don't, I'm not looking close enough and I take my glasses off when I'm doing this, but I, I, I think I see things to hold the letters up. I, I, I think there are things, I'm assuming this is not just here, okay? Uh, and I've looked at the YouTube channel. This is not normally the way this wall looks, all right? So what happened is somebody went around with tacks or nails or, or you know, Gorilla glue or whatever it was. And you said, we want this thing to stick to the wall. And the goal is we want to fasten this to the wall for the entirety of the camp meeting. Right? We don't want it falling right in the middle of a sermon. Boy, that would be embarrassing. So we fastened it to the wall. Do you understand at the first, the first four letters of fastened is fast. Now see, most of us, when we think of the word fast, oh, you know, Owen runs fast you know it's always it's owen this owen that you know who, owen but we're all trying to be owen this week uh, i in the depths of my heart i'm kind of hoping owen beats 70 people at, at, at disc golf just because I, I don't want him to ruin his you know his reputation but you know owen runs fast or somebody else runs fast and that's the way we, it's quick right but fast also means it's 
It's firm. It's stuck. So when the Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without, you see that? He actually defined it right there for you, without wavering. So in the least, in the least, the world's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. In the least, don't quit. We don't have time for quitters. You, if you can imagine, we're all trying to labor in this thing together. If you quit, that means somebody else has to do double time. We can't just say, well, you know, such and such quit, so now we're, not, we're just going to quit doing this ministry. We're going to quit. We, don't have, we can't quit, so somebody's going to get burnt out because you gave up. You quit. You, if you can imagine Nehemiah and they're building the wall around the city, can you imagine one guy says, you know what, man, I am tired of building. I'm going home. Come on. And everybody else is building the wall. Now, let, let's just think about this for a second, okay? The, the beauty of a wall is that it has to go all the way around and meet. Because if you build 90% of the wall and you leave 10% open, you know what just happened? The wall is worthless. The whole thing, everybody else's labor is worthless. Because they worked really hard on their part of the wall. And then everybody's just, oh, I can't get in here. Oh, I can't get in here. But look at there. And they just walk around and they come right in. And all those people spent all their time working on something that now is useless. Because somebody quit. And people have good reasons. You know, they, they say, well, I'm quitting because. Okay, you know. Okay. We don't have time for that. Amen. Do you understand that? Amen. We don't have time for this. We're not in fooling around time. We're in, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching against, we had a good time this week. They, they finally got me to do some sporting activity, which I will say I'm 1-0 in all the sporting activities this week. I'm, I'm hanging up my cleats, okay? I retire. If you want to put them somewhere in the building just to hold on to them, you know, and say that here lies Brother Ray's shoes from it. He played, they look like homeless people's shoes, I got to tell you. But the, you can put them wherever you want to put them. Say, Brother Ray played one sport, he's 1 0, okay? And I like having fun. But if fun is overriding the work, we're out of balance. We're out of balance. The world is getting worse and worse. The least you can do Amen. is not quit. Okay, we can't, come on, look around the room. Look around the room, guys. We're a minority. It's not like we've got so many soldiers that we're saying we need to send some home. It, right? We're not, if we win the battle, God's getting the glory. We're like Gideon's smaller army. After people have already gone home. I, that's what I believe Christianity is today. People have already gone home. You're looking at just a few people and the Lord says, Now, if you get the victory in this fight, God gets the glory. Because there's no way we could say, well, you know, we outnumbered the world. We are so far from out. We're not even matching. We're nowhere near matching the world. I'm astounded every time a new survey comes out about how many people don't believe in God anymore in in my country, I'm certain that's true in your country. 
It's not just they don't attend church. It's not just they don't like the King James Bible. They don't even believe in God anymore. So the least you can do is don't quit. And by the way, there's going to be some days that's all you can do. That's okay. Just don't quit. Having done all to stand. Some days all you can do is just plant your feet and say, I might not move forward a whole lot today, but I'm certainly not moving backwards. The, the winds are going to blow against me. Everything in the world is going to push against me. But I'm just going to nail my feet to the ground and I'm just going to stand here for a little bit because I, maybe I don't have the strength to go forward. Maybe I don't have the strength to do what I know I ought to do. But here I am. I'm planting my feet and everything's blowing against me. But I'm going to at least stand here until I get the next amount of strength to move forward. That's sometimes that's all, that's all we're asking is some days just don't quit. Amen. There are days I don't feel like going to church. I'm certain there are days you don't feel like going to church. You know what I do? I just go to church. I just go. Okay. There were days I didn't feel like going to school. A lot of them. But you know what my parents told me? Most of the time. <laughs> you got to go. You don't have a choice. And some days you need to tell yourself that in the Christian life. Well, I don't feel like reading my Bible today. You don't have a choice. Well, I don't feel like praying. You don't have a choice. You say, but I know I do have a choice. You don't have a choice, okay? That's the way you got to tell yourself. And the least, you got to hold fast the profession. Now, let me just, I'm just going to reference some verses. Okay, I'm not turning to all these. We're going to stay right here in Hebrews chapter 10 because I'm going to go on down the passage in just a little bit. But here's, here's what the Apostle Paul uh, kind of sent out to the churches. Okay, I'm just going to give you some phrases. Uh, in Romans 15, 13, the Apostle Paul desired that the Romans would abound in hope. Abound. That means to go outside the bounds. I don't want you just to have a little hope. I want you to abound in it. Uh, he wrote to the Corinthians and he said this. He, he admonished that they would abound in the work of the Lord. That doesn't sound like just, you know, do a little bit as you feel like it. Go outside the bounds in your work for God, okay? In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 7, he desired that the Corinthians would abound in graces, multiple graces. I want you to abound in this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 8, he desired that the saints would abound to every good work. In Colossians 1.10, he wrote to the church at Colossae, and he said that he, he, would in, he wanted them to increase in their knowledge of God. Not just stay the same, increase. In Colossians 2, 7, he wanted them to abound in what they had been taught. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he wanted them to increase and abound in love. That's not even just staying the same. Look, I'm telling you, at the least, at the bare minimum, hold fast. But that's even temporary, okay? Only hold fast until you can move forward. But, but here, the Apostle Paul said, my desire for you is that you would increase and abound and do more and more and more. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, he beckoned them to abound more and more in their walk with God and in pleasing Him. So the world is getting worse and worse. Okay, we could say they are doing more and more wickedness. Could we not? They are getting more and more wicked. If the church, if believers are simply, just simply holding fast 
we're still losing ground. You understand that? If we're quitting, we're really losing ground. And I just got to be honest with you. Um, I've had too many people quit. Way too many people quit. I mean, there are people sitting at home just done. There are people that said, I like, you know, a Bible-believing church with biblical music, and they left our church, and I'm not trying to pick on other churches at all, but let's just say they went backwards. I don't understand that. How could God do so much for me for me to quit? That doesn't make sense to me. There are people in this world that have done great things for me, and, and I, I'm telling you, it increases my love for those people when they do nice things for me. It makes me love and appreciate them even more. How could I betray that love and that trust? I'm one of these kind of pastors. This is my mindset, okay? God called me to, I believe God called me to pastor uh, many, many years ago, when I, you know, shortly after I got saved. But, but God put me at Antioch Baptist Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. Here's my mindset. This is where I will pastor until I die or the rapture happens. Because I'm going to be loyal to my God and to my people. That's my mindset. Okay? I'm not saying God couldn't at some point, you know, call me somewhere else. Okay? I'm, I'm simply saying my mindset is I'm here until God kicks me out. And I don't want to quit on my people. I, 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 sometimes I'm sure they, they probably think, mm, you know, maybe God would call him somewhere. Okay? Maybe God would call him anywhere but here. I'm certain they have days like that. And some days I look at them and I say, you know, I mean, if God wanted to move you, I mean, I could help you pack, you know. Okay? I could even point you to a few places. You know, preachers that I might not like as much, go be their headache, you know. Uh, you said, never. Okay, okay. But I want to be faithful. But see, here's my problem, okay. When I look at Hebrews chapter 10, it doesn't stop there, okay. If, if you notice Hebrews chapter 10, uh, we started a new sentence in verse number 19, right? Okay. We ended that sentence in verse number 22. We started a new sentence in verse number 23. It didn't stop at the end of verse number 23, right? It keeps going. Everybody loves, you know, to pull out verse number 25, but verse 25 is part of a bigger sentence. So verse number 23 said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Okay, so here's what we need. We need to, at the bare minimum, we've got to hold fast. And we ought to be challenging each other and provoking each other, not to wrath, not to anger, not to malice. We're not trying to make each other mad. You know what we're trying to do? Hey, brother, could you just do a little bit more? Brother, we, we, we put gospel tracts on 25 doors. You think we could do 30? I wonder if we could do 35. And it's a lot easier when you have somebody else with you, is it not? It's a lot easier to serve the Lord with other people than it is by yourself. It can get lonely out there. 
And so uh, the, the church I got saved in, I wanted to start visitation because I knew, okay, this is the right thing to do. And so we started it, and every week it was me. And I'm like, what's going on here? They, they started a softball team, okay, the church softball team. Brother, they had to have two teams because they had so many people wanting to be on a softball team. I'm thinking, something's wrong with this pitcher. And so every Saturday, I'm trying my best to be faithful, to show up to outreach. You know what? After a little while, I just gave up. Like, this is lonely. I should have started a softball team ministry. It's discouraging. But we ought to be provoked. You ought to be encouraging each other. Somebody gets up and does something for the Lord. This young man right here playing, I think that's a harmonica, right? Man, that's a blessing. Hey, keep doing that. That I was trying not to smile too big because I noticed when people smile at you, you started getting this big smile on your face. And I thought, man, he, how, you can, how can you blow in that thing and smile like that at the same time? So then I, I didn't want to mess it up. You know, I mean, I can imagine me being the guy. I'm over there like, yeah, that's good. Good job, man. And, you know, and she's sitting there playing the piano and she's, you know, why isn't he? You know, it's because he's got this big cheesy smile on his face, right? It's hard to do that. Uh, man, keep it up. You know, we should be encouraging people. Somebody comes over here. You all got uh, 7,000 piano players. Is that about right? Okay, so like everybody comes over here and just sits down. Is, maybe there's something about your piano. When, maybe if I went over there, I could sit down and just all of a sudden play the piano. Maybe that's what that is. Uh, I'm taking it back. It, I don't know if it'll fit in the car. We're taking that thing back. Can you imagine us towing that behind us at the border? And they say, um, the weight on your vehicle is a little bigger than it was when you went over. I don't know what it is, but praise God. And here's what happens. In a church like this, some young lady gets up there. Maybe she doesn't play it as good as somebody else, and she's nervous. No, praise the Lord. You say, well, she messed up a note. Who cares? Who cares? She's trying. Amen. And eventually she may not miss a note. Amen. But don't be the one that caused her to quit Amen. because she didn't do it as good as somebody else. Somebody gets up here and sing. Look, if I got up here and sang a special, it'd be bad. Okay, what you were talking about. If you need this place emptied out today, you call on me. I'll empty this place out in a heartbeat. Okay, if my preaching doesn't do it, my singing will certainly do it. Okay. Uh, but, but we ought to be provoking each other, not to bad things, but to good things. Hey, thank you for that testimony. That was a blessing. You keep it up. Hey, thank you for, you know, that Bible verse you, you mentioned when you were testifying. Keep it up. Keep reading that Bible. Hey, thank you for, for watching the door. We got folks out there right now. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I don't want anybody coming here shooting me. Thank you for doing that. That's a blessing. Folks that have been in the kitchen, hey, thank you for doing that. You say, well, you know, if I was cooking this, I'd have done it. Who cares? Who cares? Just provoke each other unto love and good works. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Encourage each other. But here's what verse number 25 says. It's not just, hey, keep doing the same thing hang in there just no not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the what's the next word more and i'm gonna stop right there so much the more so we don't need to just be saying hey keep up doing what you're doing we need to be going around to each other saying hey what you're doing is a blessing but can you do more? This is not the time for less. This is not the time for quitting. 
This is not the time for throwing in the towel. And it's not even really the time for maintaining. Okay? Maintaining is good if that's all you can do today, maintain. Hold fast. Don't budge. But at some point, and I'm glad I'm not the pastor here and I can say this because I don't know what you're doing and what you're not doing. But guys, we need more. We need more. And that's not just out of you. That's out of us. We need more time in the scripture. We need more time to pray. We need more time to get the word of God out. We don't need to just keep doing what we've always done. That's not keeping up. Can't you tell? Can't you tell we're not keeping up? Come on, go in the average church. You can tell we're losing the battle. Practically speaking, I know we're on the winning side. I'm not disagreeing with the statement. I understand at the end, we may lose some battles. We win the war. Okay, but I don't even like to lose a battle. Amen. I want to be like perfect in the record. Okay, I, wanna, I know we're going to win the war at the end because of Jesus, and I understand we're going to ride back on white horses. We're going to wipe this place out. Blood's going to flow the horse. I get all that good stuff. That's going to be fun. But right now, I don't want it to be like, well, we were 0 for 10 until Jesus came back. He, he wants us to be victorious now. Amen. We're not going to be victorious by just coasting through and just barely hanging in there. So the Bible says, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, okay? And notice what he said, as the manner of some is. It sounds like people were already quitting, doesn't it? People who had already said, we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, we love him, we want to serve him. They already felt like it got too tough. And they were already going back to their Judaism or they were already going back just saying, you know what? It sounded great when it was, you know, first pitched to me, but I'm, I give up. Some people are going to quit. And man, I'm going to just tell you something. There are a lot of people, and I'm just trying to be, I, I, I do try to be transparent. You said that I, I want to be, I don't want to be fake. I want to be transparent with people. I don't want to present something that's not reality. The reality is the ministry is hard. And if I, if I felt like God would be okay with me quitting, sometimes I would quit. Because sometimes I don't want to do this anymore. That's just the truth. And there are people that have written nasty things about me on the internet. There are people that have said nasty things about me. There are all sorts of rumors that are floating around our community about what, what things we believe and don't believe. And sometimes people come and say, did you know you believe this? I say, thank you for telling me. I had no idea. I believed that. And I hate that because, listen, you, you can say, and we've heard it this week, stop caring about what people think about you. I get it. But when you come from a messed up family life and you come from a messed up world, you know what you want? You want to be loved. Guys, I want people to love me like I want to love them. And I don't understand why it doesn't work like that. And it breaks my heart. And when people walk away from our church and they say ugly things about me and they say ugly things about my family and they say ugly things about my children and they say ugly things about the way we do things, it devastates me. And I don't get it. I thought we were saved. I thought we were on the same team. 
I didn't know this was the way it was going to be. And sometimes that is what breaks my heart more than anything is we can't figure out a way to get over this stuff and get along. Okay, if you've got to go somewhere else and get away from me because I'm sarcastic or you don't like the way I do something, I get it, okay? But don't walk away and, and, and mess up my character and my testimony. Right. I'm fighting hard for this. Right. I don't get that. So we, we've had people quit on us. And man, every time it happens, I just, I get angry. And I get frustrated. And I think, I don't need less, I need more. There's so many things I want to do for God that I can't do it by myself. I need other people who will build part of the wall. And I don't even want to take credit for it. I mean, I don't want to get up and say, well, look at all the things I've done. Look at what we've accomplished. Man, it breaks my heart. And so the Bible says, apparently, even back then, and I, you can disagree. I don't, you know, it doesn't hurt my feelings if you disagree. I think Paul wrote this, okay, take it or leave it. But, but even when he's writing this to these Jewish believers, he said, uh, as the manner of some is, some have already quit. They quit getting together, quit fellowshipping. I don't understand that. Some of us were talking about this. Late into the night last night, we don't understand. People that we were friends with, right? I believe it was you, brother, back there. We were talking about, we, we just don't get it. What, what happened? We were friends. We loved each other. We were fighting for the same thing. Now, all of a sudden, you don't want anything to do with my God. What's going on with that? Apparently, it was, it's not new. It's been happening. But look what it says there in verse 25. And I, I'm getting close to being done. It says, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, okay, so we need more, not less, but look what it says, as ye see the day approaching. Do you know why some people quit? They don't see the end. They don't see the finish line. I, I got to be, okay, I was never good at running. I run like a turtle, okay? So uh, I, I hit a, a ball pretty well yesterday. It was okay, not bad for an old guy that's way out of shape and ought to do a whole lot more exercising and eat different and all that stuff. Okay, I get it. You say, preacher, you need more vegetables. Okay. Okay. But I don't like them. And so if I'm going to go, I'm, th this is only for me. This is not for you. Stop nodding your head when I say this, okay? Because your mom and dad are sitting right back there, and they say, okay, everything Brother Ray said, for the most part, was good. But when he started on the vegetables, check out. So, okay. So I'm going home to be with Jesus someday. I'm going to go happy. Okay? Unless, unless the process doesn't go the way I planned for the process to go okay i'm going to go having cheeseburgers and pizza and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff and you guys are going to be sad as you're dying eating broccoli okay until i'm in the hospital and they're having to pump stuff into me because i've totally messed this thing up but we're not going to talk about that right now we're going to rejoice in the pizza and hamburgers and hot dogs okay but, but here's, here's what, I, what I've learned, okay, about racing. I, I started off there, I, I'm, I'm as slow as a turtle. So I played baseball, I played a little bit of basketball, I was too short, couldn't jump, couldn't run, kind of disqualified me, okay? So then I played baseball, because baseball is, is somewhat 
of a brain game. Okay, so that was my that was my chance. So I played baseball. I hit a pretty good one yesterday, you know, pretty pretty decent decent. And I only ran to first base. And and the guys were expecting that I would have been on second or third. No, no, I'm only going to first. Okay. I'm not taking the chance you guys wanted to take. I'm not sliding in any bases. I'm not going to go back to Knoxville in a cast or on crutches or in a wheelchair or, or dead. <laughs> so even if I would have hit it way past the outfitters, I probably would have just said, mm, a double will do. Okay? I'm not pushing this. But here's what I've learned about running. Because they did try to put gym class. You know, they make you do this stuff. You hate life. You know, you're running out there. But here's what I've learned. Once you can see the finish line, once it gets inside, you're hurting, right? I mean, stuff's burning. You got muscles you didn't even know existed. You want to cry like a baby. You know, you're pouting. Your side's hurting. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, you're just, you're in a bad way. But who quits when the finish line is inside? I mean, come on, you got to be some kind of loser. At least you can crawl, right? At least you can crawl to the finish. You may not be, maybe you don't run the fastest, maybe, maybe everybody else is already finished. But once the finish line is in sight, you can't quit. Now, if you're starting, okay, you're starting and, oh, 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 you know, okay. You don't see the finish line. Some people quit and you say, you know, they had a long way to go. But once you can see the end. You can't quit now. Even if you don't finish with the best speed or the best time, get across the line. You know why most people aren't doing more and more? It's because they have no concept of where we are in time. And I fear, I fear that this is what's going to happen. I fear that there are going to be a lot of people who ran a race for a little space of time and did, did pretty good, pretty good, and then quit. And what they don't know is the finish line was just around the corner. And I don't want to be that guy that stands before the Lord and the Lord says, uh, you, so you, uh, you quit. Well, yeah, Lord, the race was really, really rough and people were getting mad at me and people didn't like me anymore and they, didn't, they hurt my feelings at church and they, they weren't doing things the way I wanted them to do it. And so I just, I just quit. And the Lord says, well, let me show you something. You quit here. The finish line was here. And now because you quit here, your rewards are zero. Because, see, rewards are not salvation and salvation is not rewards. You can't lose your salvation, but you can lose your rewards. And if you would have, even if you would have crawled across the finish line, I had some rewards that I would have given you. But you quit. And so now, you're here, praise the Lord, but I got nothing more for you as far as rewards. Because in a time when at the least, at the very bare 
bare bones, you should have held fast. You quit. Really what I wanted was I wanted more. Guys, I'm telling you that where we live today, we need more, not less. Let, let me just give you a few lines from, from it, a couple of songs, and, I, and I'm done. This is the last you'll have to hear from me. Elizabeth Prentice wrote a, a song. You know the song. It opened like this. More love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Not less. Not the same. Not maintaining. I want to love you Amen. more Amen. each day. Eliza Hewitt wrote this. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. I think they got something. I think they understood that I don't need to be doing less or even, or even the same. I've got to pick it up. Why? Because the world is waxing worse and worse. And we're doing less and less as time goes. So let me ask you a question, okay? I, I, think, I'm right, I think I'm right on time, okay? What did you used to do for God that you've now quit? Maybe it's ministry. Maybe it's Bible. Just reading the Bible. Just simply, maybe it's praying. Maybe it's provoking somebody else to, to love and to good works. What did you used to do that you, somewhere along the way, you hung it up? Do you say, would you say, would you evaluate, because I can't evaluate you. You understand that? I don't know. He, he probably could. You might not like his evaluations, but I, he could probably do it. Okay? He could probably evaluate. Maybe sometime you ought to ask him. If you got guts. <laughs> right? Pastor, what, what's your evaluation of my life? What if he said, well, I feel like you're coasting. And what's worse is, what if you ask the Lord to evaluate your life? Lord, how would you evaluate? Well, I might give you a C. I might give you a D. You're kind of coasting. Why are you doing less and not more? Why are you doing the same and not more? Guys, when I get to heaven, I want whatever rewards I can get. Like, I'm not one of these guys that says, ah, you know, if I just get a little box somewhere on that street of gold, you know, that'll be good. No, why would you want to live in a box when you can live in a mansion? Right? Why would you want this much of a reward when you could get a whole heap of them? And I don't know. I don't want to mess up doctrine here or anything. It kind of seems like maybe, 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 did you hear that? Did you hear me say maybe? Maybe, thank you. That we might shine, some people might shine brighter than other people in eternity. So some people might be like a brighter what light bulb. And some people might be flickering a little bit. I mean, that's what it seems like, okay? There's a few Bible verses that you can look at in your Bible and you say, well, oh, wait a minute now, we might... Shine more. You remember when Moses came down, he'd spent time with God, and he spent time with God, and he comes down, and there's the people say, hey, whoa, whoa, you've got to put something on your face. We can't even look at you. You spent so much time with the Lord. You're glowing. 
What if people who have given their all to the Lord in this life get to heaven and they shine brighter? And then people get to heaven who didn't, maybe they said, ah, a little less will do. And they don't shine as bright. You don't have to, we sing all these songs about, you know, we're going to get to heaven, we're going to ask each other questions. You might not have to. You might be able to look at somebody and say, wow, that guy was faithful. Ooh. That person, not so much. We'll be glad to be there. Okay? If you're saved, you're going to be thankful that you're saved. But there's more. And you know what God wants from us? He wants more. Are you willing to give him more? Because here's what he did. He gave you everything. God did not send an angel to die on the cross. God did not resurrect an Old Testament saint and send him. You know what God did? God gave you his best when he gave you his son. Wow. And now you know what God expects from you? Your best. Can you give it? Say, I'm tired. Guys, the finish line is so close. It's so close. It's just right there. Crawl across, run across, dive across. I don't care how you get there. But finish and finish the best you can. Let's stand. Father, we love you. Lord, this has been just such a good week. And Lord, there are so many things you've encouraged my heart about and dealt with me about and, and showed me really. It's just, been a, it's just been a breath of fresh air. It really has. Lord, I know, I know that there are times where I need to give you more and not less. The world is moving forward. They are getting more and more wicked while church people are getting quieter and quieter and shyer and shyer and we're hiding out. And, and Lord, it's just that we're losing this battle on this earth. God, I pray that you'd help believers in this room to step it up. I pray you'd help us to finish. Lord, if there's somebody in our midst that's not saved, I pray you'd help that man, woman, boy, or girl to realize that that person can't even get into this fight until he or she gets saved. And all that individual doing, even with their best of deeds, all they are doing is contributing to the way the world's getting worse and worse. The only way to fix that is to get saved here today. So, Father, whatever it is you want to do in our midst here this morning, help us to be yielded to that. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.